Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. Someone has left a treat outside my door. <gasps> it's a new car. Emma. Eek, eek. I'm the ghost of Ruby's dead rat. Come back for revenge. Connor. So, what we got coming up this week, Emma? Well, it's the last of our Halloween specials as we're fully aware it's now November. <laughs> Yeah, we always do at least one extra week of Halloween. (laughs) We have your usual roundup and we play another round of E20 in reverse. Let's see if Connor can say it properly this time and not just still sound like he's in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) And we take another trip to see Sharon and Denny in Mostly Ghostly. Where we'll have the second part of the seance. But first, for the last time, here's the Halloween jingle. Dun, 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 dun. We were working in the big late one night when our eyes beheld a soapy sight. The ghost of Den and Mel did rise. And suddenly, to our surprise, they did the mash. The E20 mash, they did the mash. They made the glasses smash, they did the mash. They stole Max's cash, they did the mash. The E20 mash. (laughs) So, this week, the DI had a plan to get Phil on side. And it's all to do with Ellie and Raymond. I mean, gangster Gran, she's here to stay, she's terrifying, she's a force to be reckoned with, isn't she? In fact, she is the biggest villain that EastEnders has ever had. Terrifying. Terrifying. Worse worse than Grandzilla. Not Grandzilla! Michelle, quickly, (laughs) shut up the Vic! (laughs) Lock the doors! Arthur, you'll have to go round and see if Michelle's all right. <laughs> I love, um, I love that Ellie Nixon is basically like portrayed as this villain from like the depths of hell by like the the gangster Gran, the gangster Gran. What's Phil got himself roped up with her for? Like, I love the way that he went on as if she's like some master criminal. He's like, yeah, she keeps calling herself Ellie Dawkins. Keep us off the trial. Clearly that's working. <laughs> that worked wonders, that. Yeah. Callum manages to go on a computer for five minutes, is able to find her home address, her home number. Meanwhile, the police are able to fit her up for four different um, buildings they're going to start, like, ransacking. And oh, yeah. Also, they know the name that she's hiding under, so I mean, great. <laughs> I mean, she's a star in criminality. Star in criminality. Well, my mother always said she could have been a star. <laughs> but obviously Callum is a little bit nervous because it's it's another step towards criminality for him isn't it putting all these drugs into one of Ellie's little like places and stealing them away before the police find out I mean it's all very corrupt police work what's Jack gonna say (laughs) what's Jack gonna do that's what Jack should be doing oh he's gonna be (laughs) distraught (laughs) he's gonna be so devastated you can just imagine him over over Christmas going 
So happy Christmas. <laughs> and look what I've done. He's just another. Another. Yeah, all the the gangsters have gone. Yeah, that is literally his life is dead. He's going to be like crying about the fact that he's not a corrupt police officer anymore. Callum's completely took that 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 job now. That stick. It's his. It's his now. And Phil's eating it up. Phil is over the moon as he's like your family. <laughs> Family now. Family. Do you know why it's like a shake that? It's a bit of a shimmy. It did. It was. Your family. Family. Silly computer turner. What's got to do? Got to do it. What's family? But a second hand emotion. The family shaked. Do you remember the Harlem Shake? It's a family shake. Oh, I love the Harlem Shake. Why would I really do that? Oh, good old times. The good uh, times. Good times before Corona and... Oh, God, in a second lockdown. And Trump and, yeah. Oh, God. Well, let's not... Let's not upset ourselves. I'll, I'll, right, I'll stop. I've got some good news for you. Oh, Yeah, some good news. You know, we'll love Ali. We'll love Ali. She's fantastic, really scary. So just for you, Emma, have some news. She's back. She's Yay! Back. She's come to the square. She's come to business. She wants that 250 <laughs> grand. However, <laughs> well, we loved Ellie. Um, so we thought, oh, she's going to be around a while. She's, she's going to be this big villain. Uh <laughs> So Phil obviously didn't plant any drugs. He pretended. She comes over and um, this big bad villain, the biggest EastEnders has ever had, ever, worse ever. than Johnny Allen. Oh yeah, worse than Andy Hunter. Absolutely. Well, she loves her grandson so much. All over this raid, um. Well, Phil manages to get her to sign over Raymond quite quickly and off she goes and that's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, I did love that. Like, she was very intimidating up until that point where she was just like... <laughs> wow. I loved what Phil was saying as well when he was like... Um, when she goes, I gave up granny time for this. And he's like, oh, what were you doing? Reading a nice bedtime story. Grandmother sells grandson. I mean, I love that classic. Do you know what other one I loved? Best friend betrays friend by marrying her husband, committing adultery, and ordering a hit out. That's another classic. I love that one. That one's my favourite. That one's what I can read again and again. I'm going to have to try this this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're You're never too... Never too old, never too Taylor. I mean, are any of us ever too old, ever too Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, gangsta Gran Ellie, she's thwarted by a piece of paper. Oh, And just to make sure there's no confusion on Phil and Denise randomly stealing their child, Phil's got his lawyer to sign it all up, make it all official. It's going to be a private adoption or private fostering. Mm. Okay, still going to be confused with Raymond though when he wakes up suddenly he doesn't have his grandmother and instead he has this random <laughs> other woman. 
and all of her other random family members. Why did he only have that one tiny, tiny suitcase? Is that all of his belongings? <laughs> his entire life's in that box. Like, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Obviously, Ali wanted to keep everything else. She's like, no, no, you can have him, but I'm keeping everything. <laughs> <laughs> that teddy bear those pajamas Denise Bolton I'm keeping all of it <laughs> she's a sore loser Ellie she's a sore loser <laughs> and did you hear did you hear this week because obviously you said that was all Richie which was great yeah. yeah well fuming me I know I know what did... you're about to say Emma surely surely offering Grey that role because Richie has too much work on I don't think so uh, I know, uh, I was uh, like, uh, nope. excuse me, I love you, Shirley, but you're stepping over boundaries here. Uh-huh. <gasps> Don't get rid of, you can't get rid of Richie. She's like the furniture now, man. Shocking, shocking, man, no loyalty. None. I thought they all looked out for each other around here. <gasps> so did I. But don't worry, because Denise is going to look after and look out for Raymond. Well, this leads to Jack and Denise splitting up. <sighs> He's really having a tough time. He's lost everything. He's lost everything. He's lost his corrupt job. He's He's got nothing left. (laughs) 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 Just needed Phil's shoulder to cry on there. (laughs) And he doesn't uh, even have Phil. He doesn't even have Phil. Phil. He doesn't have (laughs) Phil. Well, he doesn't want Phil apparently. So. So Isaac was kept awake all night because uh, Raymond was clearly playing up. When he says kept them up, does he mean Raymond was trying to escape? Yeah, like, I trying was to confused. shimmy up like a window or something. Because <laughs> I was like, he seems older than like crying all yes. night like a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, was he just confused as to where he was? And because I mean, he's been asleep for the last I don't know how long. Yeah, I mean, it's 20 years past. <laughs> you know, he's just woke up. He's actually 18. <laughs> now he's woke up. Maybe he just doesn't want to go back to sleep. I don't know. Maybe he wants to see the world <laughs> yes, now. See that's right. He's like, well, I've been sleeping for 300 days, so why should I go to sleep now? It's time for me to see the world. He's like hibernate for like 30, 30 months. We yeah. get up. Maybe hibernated at certain points of the year. Now it's coming into winter. Yeah. He's like, right, I'm up. <laughs> I'm up now. I'm up. I do reverse hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> Ready for Christmas. Get the presents, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like I was just envisioning him like running around like like a little mad child, like smashing everything up the way that like they were like Raymond kept her up all night. And I was just like, <laughs> How? What was he doing? Like, getting pots and pans together. That's what I was going to say. Got a clap for the NHS. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> I mean, like, no wonder he's, like, kept you up all night. You saw a bunch of strangers. Denise has randomly moved moved him in with. Um, and he doesn't even know Denise. No. He's never had time to spend with her before. Well, other than when she was staring at him in the hospital. He hasn't had any yeah. time to spend with her before this. So to him, he's probably wondering why on earth he's just suddenly moved in with these people that he doesn't know. So yeah, Isaac's sleeping on the bench outside because that's what you do. And um, Phil's just standing over him smiling a bit like how they were with Raymond, really. I did expect him. I'm not even joking. <laughs> Take I a selfie. Just to get his phone and just go. 
<laughs> Maybe it's just a thing <laughs> Phil likes to do these days. Yeah. <laughs> Go around. All the time. Anyone sleeping? Selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Stare at them. Linda wakes up in bed and then Phil's just standing in our room with a like, <laughs> camera pointed over them. <laughs> Are you all right, Linda? Yeah, just, just close your eyes, get up. <laughs> I've got everyone else. I've got everyone else. I just need you now. <laughs> Makes his way through the square and he puts them all up on a wall. Yeah. <laughs> so that Please was say, me. God, Phil woke me up this morning. <laughs> that was Winter. me when Shirley was asleep. And oh, look. <laughs> That one was me. Well, there's Mick in the background. Look, sound asleep was he. And then this is what, weirdly, Isaac was outside on a bench and I thought, well, I mean, this is different, isn't it? So I took one with him. Wasn't missing an opportunity there. Took a picture with Lucy's ghost. (laughs) (laughs) This was Keanu just after he was shot. I just love it. The whole thing is, I adore that. Phil's like, I want to know what's going on with with Jason Raymond. So here's like a bunch of notes. Okay. <laughs> Can you not just go and pop round or maybe? Yeah. Just why text? does he have to be weird about it? This is why Denise doesn't want him around Raymond. <laughs> why is he paying Isaac to find out? Denise is not going to be like so harsh that she's like, no. <laughs> Get out of here now! She's not going to be so confused when he goes, so how's Raymond doing? She's not going to be like, Phil, how dare you ask me? (laughs) What do you mean, how is Raymond? Are you trying to accuse me of being a bad mother? (laughs) What does he think is going to happen? Right, that's it, Raymond, we've got to leave the country. (laughs) He slips him the notes like, shh. I blame Lisa for this. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, ever since Lisa ran off with Louise, Phil's got trust issues. He's a bit sceptical. <laughs> Slight paranoia about kids running off with their mother to a, to a different country. I did love when Phil went, my boy, because all I could think of was... <laughs> Not your boy. Charlie's boy. Yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> Yes, I did too. But he's going to let the dust settle, isn't he, Emma, before he starts meddling? Yes, he is. I don't know why when everything's being handed over, Denise kind of knows the whole deal. Why is he being so shady? Why is his deal a bit different? Why is he suddenly like, yeah, now I'll just take him off Denise also? Like, why can't they just co-parent? Like, and then they'll both be happy. I don't don't get it. (laughs) It's always complicated with Phil, isn't it? Always complicated. You know, why not... (laughs) Why have a loving relationship with your son who lives across the road when you can bring him into your house where you do dodgy dealings, <laughs> corrupt corrupt criminal activity? Yeah, why not? Worked out so well all the other times, didn't it? Is that right, Louise? <laughs> Is that right, Ben? Don't get me involved! <laughs> Callum, how's it going? <laughs> They're all just traumatised over there. I mean, I would ask Danny, but... We all mm. know what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> we all know what happened there. We're still not over that, obviously. Who knows what'll happen when the dust does settle. One thing's for certain. Pizza's on Phil. Woo! Can you buy me one, Phil? <laughs> Treat with. <laughs> so Bobby has set up the Lucy Beale Foundation. 
And naturally, the murderer has set up the foundation. So why not ask the accused murderer, who didn't actually kill her but went to prison anyway, to be the trustee? Of course. Of course. I mean, with that sort of logic, I don't know why he hasn't just invited like everyone who was accused or felt <laughs> accused. I mean, Cindy in the corner, Denise. Like, That'd be Ian, amazing. Jane. <laughs> Lauren. Lauren. Could have had all of them. Could have invited all of them. That whole lineup that they had on the, you know, the promo shots. Get all them in. Yeah. They'll all Bring work on all it. In. There'll be a board of trustees. <laughs> <laughs> the accused. <laughs> <laughs> or what about those that are acu- that were accused at any point or felt accused? Yeah. They have to judge who shall be the trustees. Like they love, they interview like them. Like a dragon's den. Yeah. Like a dragon's den. Or like a or like a X Factor audition. They have to come Ooh, in and they have to prepare they have to show a song. how much money they've got. I'm <laughs> like prepare a song. <laughs> <laughs> prepare a song. I, I killed mum <laughs> like <laughs> I killed Lucy. Because <laughs> what they could do is as trustees, what money they bring, what kind of things they'll do, and maybe one of them's like, I know a way to raise money. Because I've got plans for this, Bobby. I've got plans to make this plan. We'll put on a musical all about what happened. We'll get the money in. We're going to make this thing big. <laughs> Bobby plays himself. Exactly. I mean, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? I killed <laughs> Mum. Like I killed Lucy. All of, them, all of them have to play who they were, obviously. And then, so it's just like, the only person who needs recast is Lucy, so we can either get the old Lucy who played her to come back, uh, because technically she's still alive. That Lucy wasn't killed off. Or we get that person who Martin Death collected off who looked like Lucy. Who looks like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get her. She's not doing much. Get her. Get her, and then uh, then they've got a whole cast and they can go and perform it. Perfect. Break that, that money in. so much awareness for the, the trust, and I, I think that's a perfect, perfect way to just, really get the name out. I feel like Bobby's really missing a trick there. You know what I love this week that Bobby was sort of telling Peter about the foundation and saying, well, Lucy would be proud of the trustees and him. And, yeah. you know, he's given some other people the chance to do what she couldn't do because, <laughs> we, well, he killed her. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and and Peter is like, well, I guess we'll never know. I do love it because I can never keep up with Peter, whether he hates Bobby or no, whether he loves him. I can't. Because some days... Some days he's really protective and other days he hates him. Yeah. Stay away from my brother. Stay away from my brother. To Dottie, do you remember that? Stay away from my brother. He's been through enough. What, like murdering your sister who you keep, you know, you keep breaking up every five minutes. I hate him. He killed my sister. You stay away from my, my brother, right? You know what? Now, I, you know how I'm totally not up with this Ash and Peter pairing? I get yes. it now. I understand why they might have done it. Why? Yes, <laughs> why do we do this? I don't know. Maybe it's because you're not crazy. You just keep switching back and forward from being nice and evil. Like, it's fucking weird. She hates her family, loves her family, protects yeah. her family, doesn't want to protect her family. One minute I was looking after Bobby, the next, I was strangling him. <laughs> <laughs> I did love Dottie's sound advice to oh, Peter as yes, well. Yes. This was a beautiful moment that truly 
truly encapsulated her wonderful character that she is. Don't know why everyone feels sorry for him. He's another one who lost his sibling. I mean, really, if he'd done that to me, that would have cut his head off and made a fundraiser so that they had this, so that they could afford to sew it back on. I said, like, oh yeah, you are definitely the daughter of flipping Nick. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Mother Teresa. You're not kidding me for poisoning his flipping mother? <laughs> and you're a flipping crazy lady who's suggesting that Peter chops his own brother's head off? I know it was like, I can understand she was meaning like, oh, Peter, I feel sorry for you. Yes. yes. Get that. But to take it to that level, I was like, that's very sinister, Dottie. <laughs> it is. And also, like, it's weird because I agree. I agreed with the stance that Peter took. He was horrified by yeah. the fact that his brother had died and had been murdered by a sibling. But there are other con- contexts to the situation. Bobby was also, like, four or something. Like, he was very young when he did it and didn't quite know what he was doing. So you've got to take that into consideration. Then again, on top of that... Peter also likes to play weird sinister mind games with Bobby. <laughs> just so weird. How did the Beals get here? I just love that. I thought he has to, like, sprinkle a little poison in, though. Is that how she gets with men? Is that how she gets a second date with, like, Peter? She's like, well, if I were you, I would have chopped his head off. And Peter's like, oh, so we'll go on a date. Well, the word until he then decided that she needs to stay away from him. Yes, stay away from my brother, you. So by the end of the date, it might change again, but <laughs> the beginning of the date, he's, he's very turned on yes. by that yes. by that statement. <laughs> and then by the end of it, he hates her again. I mean, criminal talk does turn Peter on. I mean, we saw it back when, like, Dottie was like, yeah, there wasn't much to do in the countryside other than running around, stealing cars, drinking, like, and he has like, Kiss me now. <laughs> <laughs> he loves a bit of criminal activity, doesn't he? He loves a bit of criminal activity. Underage drinking, joyriding, murder. Loves it. Loves it. That's why he like, loves Bobby, his brother. I mean, why do we do this? Why do we do this? I don't know, Pierre. We don't know. None of us watching know. <laughs> None of us know why you, Bobby, Ian, why any of you are in the same room to, as each other, really. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter absolutely hates... Um, Ian as well at the moment, doesn't he? Yes, and, um, it was hard to keep up with who he was hating on the most. Yeah, because sometimes he's like joking around and the next minute he hates them again. I know, that's what's so scary. The woman is like, don't worry, Bobby, I'm here for you. You don't have to be ashamed. Next minute he's like, they're called rituals, you know. I looked them up. It's if to say, like, so, that he's so sinister in there, isn't it? Yeah, you can't tell if he's like really caring for him or like... I hate you. Yeah. I'm going to poison you later. <laughs> it's like that. It's like, God, I don't know where I've been start with him. He's unreadable. And now Ian has to watch his back because he's, he's not happy with him. Yeah. Uh, so Sharon's about to tell me that she's also a trustee. Now, she wasn't in the frame. So, I mean, well done, Bobby. You've picked someone who wasn't accused of the murder. <laughs> I mean, that's a positive, isn't it? That's what you always want when you when you, you, you know, you're looking for a trustee for your... What will be, hopefully, a prestigious foundation. Well, Pete, uh, Peter comes in and Peter just ruins the moment and uh, mentions it anyway. And But before that, did you hear what Ian was saying to Sharon? How like he was having to do all the work, but he has two like young fit lads at home. 
sending photos of their bits to girls. I mean, you can guess which one's which in those situations. <laughs> Bobby's showing his bits. Bobby's showing his bits. <laughs> <laughs> Tell hope you like. <laughs> I just, I love it because that basically sums up Peter at the moment. He's mooching off of his dad and just basically trying it on with every woman, like, from every corner of the globe as i say absolutely stunning is he yeah however how far do you get when you've swiped and you've had your conversation and then he brings up that he gets an allowance at the age of 27 when he starts yeah. I, mean. I mean you just know you just know within five minutes of you know matching with that with him he's gonna be sending you a dick pic oh true as well mm. yeah he'd be like what do you think and he'd be like, yeah, he's definitely one of those. He'd be like, give us your Snapchat, and then that's what he sends, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. I mean, I do just love it because he keeps whinging about how bad life is. Honestly, I love Peter. He is such a cool character, really fun, and he is obviously gorgeous. But there's only one thing though that bothers us with Peter: his ability to always make everything about him, about him, <laughs> Lucy's death. I lost a twin. Bobby setting up the trust. Trust. Well, I wasn't invited. <laughs> it should be you. It should be me who's running this foundation. It should be me. <laughs> Why does you want to be sorry for me? <laughs> you took money from Gran. Why haven't I got any? Like, that is literally what it's like. <laughs> He's full, full of um, self-pity, is our Peter. Yeah, he is yeah. a little. So, Peter and Kathy have a sit-down, don't they? They have a bit of a sit-down. They're having a chat. Kathy's ranting about the fact that Peter shouldn't have put her on that dating app and made her so young. Brought out some fantastic one-liners from this man who... Literally existed for five minutes. So it was refreshing to see he actually was hilarious if we'd gotten to know him. <laughs> well, now I understand why they picked Ian as the name. Well, kind of. <laughs> it makes a bit more sense now because obviously now they're talking about Ian and now Ian's going to walk in thinking it's about him. But still, Ian with the extra eye. <laughs> yes, that extra eye on the side of his head. <laughs> <laughs> always blinked at you the wrong way didn't it always blinked at you the wrong way <laughs> yeah I remember him at school mind <sighs> always gave you dirty eyes. looks didn't he yeah. I kept saying to him stop scrolling that eye stop scrolling that eye you rolling your extra eye at me she's giving me the evil eye him she's giving us the evil eye which one <laughs> <laughs> all three <laughs> I did love it because Kathy's like, he said, said this, I'll try to reach out and be nice. And he said, I should have taught my age to begin with. Because then he could have gotten a, 
a pensioner senior citizen deal on a meal. And I was just like, well, yeah, that's accurate. You could. Yeah, I was like, actually. That would have been good. That's a good discount. Yeah. So. I wish I had that discount. <laughs> Alas, me and Emma, we're already old on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> we may have the spirits of someone from 1882, but we're actually only 27. Yeah, we're not 57, we're 27, because 57 is only on Anne. Yeah, 57 on Anne. <laughs> well, we don't even get student discount anymore, and that's sad. I love milk and that. devastating, isn't it? Devastating. What's the next discount before you get to the OAP one? Is there no more? No. That's a lot of life without the discount. And I know. You, you get less of life with, you know, you get less discount. No. <laughs> do you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot less life with discount than that than there is i'm sorry i'll just stop now i adore that this is like the things that keep emma up at night like (laughs) it's it's not the threat of like disease war famine poverty (laughs) no no those are the those are the worries of other people emma worries about the fact that you don't get discount for the majority of your life. <laughs> I adore that. <laughs> and also, by the time we're the age that I currently is now, do you think they'll push it back and we won't actually Probably. get discount we're like later? 90 with COVID. Listen, guys, we were going to give you the discount, but we'll have to make up for a whole year of no economy. <laughs> true. <laughs> and obviously, we won't retire until we're a ridiculous age. Yeah, anyway. Hello. <laughs> Back to the story, anyway. <laughs> so Kathy's not happy. She is not happy. These jokes, they're not funny. They're not funny at all. They're as old as flipping Ian's love of music. You know, like those really old songs like Daft Punk. She's oh, a, God. Really going back to that. Ancient. ancient. I mean, you know me and Emma, we're even older than that. We like a bit of... Um, <laughs> of uh, are you going to Scarborough Fair? I mean, there was some back and tunes back in our day. <laughs> to be fair, I remember... like, pointed shoes on. <laughs> I remember when Beethoven actually came and said to us, I've got, I've got this this tune how do you think it's gonna go and we were like that's gonna be a banger yeah that's gonna be a banger yeah yeah people don't realize that we're actually in that piece as well we're the ones who press the key that goes do yeah just that just that one top secret that yeah we don't want to take any credit no no of course not of course not but we are there but we are yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean speaking of taken Someone else has been taken, haven't they? Someone's been taken. Liberties, taken. Money, taken. Kathy for a mug. However, she wasn't talking about him when she was ranting about him with Peter. Does it matter though? Because Ian drops himself in it, doesn't he? I love the way he just, rather than like, says, oh, what? Yeah. He just goes straight well, I'm in. sorry, what? What's like, he been saying? I I mean, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Well, I did. I remortgaged the cafe. <laughs> I never remortgaged the cafe. What? <laughs> He's, do you know what? This is where Cindy gets it from. True. Do you remember 
where like when everyone wasn't accusing her of killing Lucy, she was like immediately going, "Well, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was Denise." She was absolutely terrified that she was. She was going to go down for something that she knows for fine fact she didn't do, but made herself so suspicious. <laughs> it's from Ian. <laughs> it is. That's where she gets it from. Spent a lot of time with him and it just rubbed off, really. And sadly, Kathy is furious. Ian is going to pay back every penny and he's going to get out of this house, even though he owns it. He's going to get out of that house. <laughs> I know. I love it because Kathy was like a scorned lover. She was throwing all of his stuff out the window once. She was like, <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. You had those boys, those fit lads living here rent free. <laughs> and you <laughs> took see them that. out. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking forward to later. <laughs> <laughs> but you know why am I? Someone else is furious. Furious with Ian. Someone else he needs to apologise to is Peter. Oh yes, it's all about Peter. this. It's just like Peter, this has got nothing to do with you. <laughs> you know what I loved when he was like, enjoy house hunting. I'm like, well he firstly he owns this house and secondly he owns a Vic. So like yeah. he's just gonna go over there. He owns quite a lot of property actually. <laughs> yeah. He spent the whole of lockdown in the Vic yeah. with Sharon, yeah. so he's going to go there. <laughs> exactly. I did love as well Peter's high and mighty attitude to this because I just loved it because not once did he confess to his nan that he he was getting money from Ian that was clearly from the remortgaging of her cap. <laughs> Kept that one quiet, didn't he? <laughs> Kept that one quiet. <laughs> and also, do you not realise that if he's doing this to Ian, this is going to affect his allowance? No. <gasps> Who's gonna pay for it? Oh. Gosh. And I did love when Kathy said that Lou would be spinning in a grave unless Ian remortgaged that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I adored that. I adore I mean Lou would be furious. Lou would uh give him a good telling off. I love Lou. Lou Beale. What a what an angel. The original Pauline Fowler. So it's back to the Slater's household. We love visiting here. I mean, it's basically our family in our fan fiction, so <laughs> it's nice to return. And poor old Kush, he's struggling. He's really struggling. What we've known, but what no one else knows, is that Kush has begun to develop a gambling addiction, a serious one at that. So the Slater household is having money troubles, as usual. It seems like they never quite catch a break. Um, and Kush, well, we all know Kush has got a gambling addiction, or the beginnings of one at the very least, which doesn't really help when Tommy needs new shoes and everyone else needs things like rent, food, water, electricity. So Kush goes to make some money. Don't worry, guys, he's not going debt collecting. <laughs> he just bring that up this week. <laughs> Yeah, he's not going deck collecting. He's he's just going to sell Lily's iPad, and he doesn't even really get it for a good price because he he uh, lowers it significantly when Stuart refuses to pay the price he needs. I love that Stuart just bought it off him as well. Yeah, he didn't even question like, I it. I love that. <laughs> he was just like, "Yeah, I have it." He was like, yeah, "Stuart, go on, you get it," and he's just like, "All right, yeah, cool." Yeah, I've always wanted one. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just love Stuart. You don't need to uh, easily persuade him. He's just like, yeah, yeah, go on then. I'll pay for it. Be good for the baby. Be good for the baby. £100 down and an iPad. No, they always seem to have Baby Abby. Does Max bother with Baby Abby anymore? No. <laughs> Simple answer, no. So that custody battle for... Nothing. No, nothing. Okay. Nothing. Same with Cathy. Same oh, with yes. Cathy. Remember when, yep. remember when she was Cathy's great-grandchild? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember when they always called her Baby Abby instead of Abby? Is it, yeah. you know, there was, the other Abby was going to come back at some point? Yes, she rises <laughs> from the grave. <laughs> so... Martin goes and sees Cush, who has now decided, well, he's going to have to go on his game and get some more money. And um, Martin runs in and he's like, Off has just told me about Stacey being attacked. I was like, last week, Martin. Yeah, I do love that. I love that, like, he's a week late to the news. <laughs> like, it just goes to show how much he cares, doesn't he? Well, I've only just seen my kids today. <laughs> And also, is he not going to go and speak to Stacey and see if she's all right? Oh, Emma. <laughs> Naive, Emma. <laughs> Still paying for the days of good, Martin. <laughs> I've given up on that, man. <laughs> I've given up on him. <laughs> you gave up a long time ago. I gave up a long time ago. In 1882. <laughs> <laughs> well, Martin wants Kush to... Stop gambling, because remember, it was only a bit of fun over lockdown. Shouldn't be carrying on with it. Um, and then this happened. Kush said, well, he's got to earn money somehow, because not everyone has a millionaire wife. To which Martin Fowler genuinely replied, I have never taken a penny from her. Now, you have, because firstly, you're employed by her. <laughs> So she pays you every month. Secondly, you live in her house, which she bought. Therefore, technically, <laughs> that's her money. Yes. And I'm pretty sure. Now, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure she just paid for the holiday that you went on. Yeah, and the wedding, <laughs> and, the and the champagne. <laughs> and the flipping party. Never took a penny from her, though. Never oh, took no, a not penny. a penny. Not a penny. And that suit. And that suit. <laughs> But not a penny. Not a penny. Not a penny. Not a penny. You know, he's got principles, Emma. He's got principles, Emma Martin. <laughs> Too bad he doesn't have a penny to spare for his kids because he doesn't pay maintenance. Well, this is the thing. Kush is like, well, Alfie's not been paying up. And I'm like, and Martin, are you going to say something now? Because clearly Martin's not been paying up. And he's not even saying like, oh, I know, I'll, I'll get some help. I'll, I'll put some money yes. towards it. Because he's like, it's for the kids. It's for the kids that... They need new shoes, need this or that. And Martin doesn't go, all right, yeah, I'm going to step up. He's just like, okay, I'll, I mean, I say Ruby can lend you some, but you'll want it back. <laughs> I mean, like... Sorry, why doesn't Martin just give them the cash? Why doesn't Martin just pay out of his paycheck? God, I don't know why this gets me so much. Honestly, I think it's just because he's like a deadbeat dad at the moment. And I was like, listen, it was one thing when he was a dark Martin debt collector, but now he's dark Martin deadbeat dad. I just can't deal with that. That's just too... That's a like Carol Jackson level, that. <sighs> so um, they end up going... Well, Kush goes and sees him at um, Ruby's Ways now. A bartender, not a... Yeah. But they're, they're selling coffee and alcohol. 
which is strange because I don't know that you can open a cafe and through the day be selling alcohol. I mean, Do you know, like there's certain hours, isn't there, that you're allowed to sell alcohol? I've not been to any coffee shops where you know one one of us having <laughs> a coffee, like and the, a other coffee. One's, the other one's having like whiskey chasers. <laughs> <laughs> a bottle of vodka to themselves in the corner. Like, it, it's so weird. I'm fairly certain it's illegal, like, to be able to, like, sell booze that early in the morning. Because there was morning, loves. We could see the day. <laughs> well, there's no sense of time, remember? No sense of True. time. <laughs> True. Because one minute I mean, it's day, next it's night. So dark. Her cafe is so dark, it could be nighttime. True. It's always very dark in there. I don't think I would want a coffee in there. I'd be like, You'd be like, try to look straight. Be like, where's my coffee? But like, Ruby, keep the lights on. Can't see. Yeah. It's like a strip joint. You know what I find? Sells coffee. Hilarious. You always see like, I think Peter had something he was reading. Max always has a newspaper. How can they see it? It's so dark in there. <laughs> That's so true. They get the like the phone on. Put the the, the torch on their phone. Oh, news just said there's another lockdown. Oh well, doesn't affect us really, does it? No one listens to them. <laughs> and Ruby comes past, turn that light off. Yeah, turn that light off now. It's dark in here for a reason. So actually, speaking of lockdown, I've just had a thought. Because obviously they're still going ahead as far as what everyone's aware. They're saying like um, TV shows can go ahead. So uh, when we're in lockdown over November, I'm assuming EastEnders won't be affected by second lockdown. They'll only be affected by first lockdown. That'll be interesting, won't it? Yeah, so they've gone from real world to not real world. They're in an alternate dimension. Ooh. They're in an alternate dimension where Max spreads the disease across all of Harvard <laughs> Square and everyone dies. <laughs> oh, super yeah. spreader right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did just love it. Like, Martin, as he, he goes out to save Ruby because he's going to go save if she can lend them some cash. Lend, mind you. She expects it all back. Oh, she expects it back. Lend. For his kids, yeah. Yeah. But as he toddles off, Cush, being the super sleuth that he is, sneaks behind that bar and just takes a massive handful of cash. And it just made me think, Martin, head of security. <laughs> security of what? Well, there's because a reason. Because you certainly are not securing <laughs> this pub. There has been insurance scams for burglaries. There's been everything. There's a reason he's a bartender now and not on head of security. Because, let's be honest, he's not stopped anything, has he? Those couple of guys that came in with football shirts are the only people he's ever chucked out. Yeah. He left Dottie in with no, drugs. No. Drugs were okay. <laughs> Stealing, I'll leave the till open, all this. That's fine. But football Total shirts? Fine. No. I did love this week. Kush did bring up the, the debt collecting, Dark Martin, when he was like, well, at least I'm not beating people up for the Mitchells and taking dodgy debts. <laughs> I mean, beating people up, that's a stretch because Martin barely <laughs> did anything. That's it. Martin got beaten up. <laughs> Martin had one fist fight and ended up having to have Tubbs help him. I loved <laughs> like, it because as soon as he said this, I was like, oh, Connell, have a whole paragraph written for this. <laughs> I do. I, I don't forget Dark Martin. I had to live through them, yes. They were dark, yes. Dark, yes. It actually felt longer than 2020 for you, didn't it? It did, it did. Felt worse than coronavirus. It felt worse than that. The news that Martin was going dark just changed my world. I remember where I was that day. 
I'm like on one of those outfits. I hate Dark Martin for my loved ones. <laughs> I wear a mask to protect myself from Dark Martin. <laughs> I wash my hands of Dark Martin. So, Martin creeps into Ruby's little office. And no, they're not going to be doing Puritan porn this week, guys. Instead, <laughs> husband is going to ask wife for some cash. A little bit of a handout. But he's never taken a penny from her. Not taking a penny, Emma. <laughs> not taking a penny. It's not going to start today. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my personal favourite quote of the entire week is what comes out of Ruby's mouth. Oh, like. I know what the, I know what you're going to say. If he got himself into this mess, he can get himself out of it. Also, Ruby, we all look out for each other around here. <laughs> <laughs> See, our compassion's still there then. She gets, like, better in all these bits because she's like... So then later, she goes and sacks the Slaters after she yes. shows them Kush stealing, cause, which we'll go on to, um, because, you know, that's great for their money issues and what Martin's just said. So she sacks them and then, then she says, I didn't start this mess, they did, but I'll... I'll finish it. And I'm like, well, actually, the reason Stacey stole from you, I know that's not the right thing to do. Yes, of course. But was because you stole her husband, so... Eh. <laughs> exactly. You did start this. How delusional is she? Something's gone gone wrong with Ruby somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Someone may have poured water onto her just now, just, you know, having a little bit of a computer moment where it's like... Bzz, bzz. <laughs> like, I feel like something like that is happening. Whatever's gotten into Ruby, be it a ghost or some sort of parasitic alien life form, something has changed her because she is vile. Like, she is yeah. hatefully vile. Like, the fact that she's just so blasé about Martin's oldest, like, friend on the yeah. square at the minute, like, having gambling issues, nah, I'm not going to help him. It's the way she's, like, also playing on the gambling issues. Again, we'll get onto that exactly. later. And she's just, she's vile. You're right, vile. There's no other words for it. She knows that the Slayers are struggling, right? And, okay, she's not friends with Stacey. But it's her husband's kids that are also... It's her husband's children. She's going to take food out of their mouth to spite their mother. I mean, that's sick, that. Oh, sign me up for a marriage with that kind of woman. (laughs) Like, come on. How is Martin just like, yeah, love you, Rubes. Like, it's so weird. I've lost all respect for Martin. Because uh, he just stands by. Although he, he like, starts to confront her, then he doesn't do anything else. He just kind of cracks on, like, all right, then. Yeah, she's like, I'm not the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy. Ruby, you literally, five minutes later, go to see Suki, who is the resident bad guy, and tell her about your terrible father, who was a gangster, and how you're also not someone to be trifled with. So how are you not a bad guy when you're basically becoming a criminal now? You've organised hits, you've allowed drug dealing, you've allowed, like, you know, criminal activity, like insurance scams, you definitely don't pay your tax, and you've broken <laughs> quarantine laws. Come on, Ruby. You are the bad person. What definition of bad are you living in? Like, where? what universe does she live in that bad doesn't mean that? She's good. She's good. <laughs> Alternate universe. Yeah. It's like something like, I don't know, like the joke I say to Batman, listen, I'm not the bad guy. I'm not the bad. I know I blew up that hospital, but I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> like, that is literally what it's like, isn't it? 
Voldemort suddenly goes, listen, Harry, I hear you, but I'm not the, the villain here. You killed me. <laughs> <laughs> you're the murderer. It's yes, your fault. you're trying to kill me. <laughs> that is really what Ruby's like. So, it's like, no, I'm a victim in all of this. I've got nobody. So um, Dottie goes and tells Ruby that Kush has stole the money. And then I joked last week and I said, do you think, <laughs> do you think Dottie got the rat because she got the cockroach? And where on earth does she get them from and stuff like that? It turns out, well, Ruby did organise to have the rat posted through the door because we did say that yeah, was she was not suspicious. shocked at all and she just looked yeah. at it. And if you had a rat thrown at you, you'd scream. You'd run. You would run. <laughs> you would cry. I would cry. Personally, that's carry plague. And you would be like, oh, I love it. Oh, not another plague. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, she comes in and she says, Do you want me to post another dead rat through the door? And I'm like, Oh, it was Dottie. How many rats does she have? Where does she get these animals from? Where does she get them from? She just goes rummaging in bins at night. She's like, I'm gonna get myself another rat. <laughs> she has a dealer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to. One in of one. Yep, right. Yeah, I'll meet you there. Right, see you soon. Don't be fobbing us off. That cockroach you gave us was dead. <laughs> I want a live one this time. <laughs> I want a bejeweled one. I want a bedazzled one. I want to be wearing it like jewellery. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it because what does this make, Dottie? What is Dottie's character now? She is a rat collector and sender. Like, I don't get it. Like, why, uh, why is she proud as well? Oh. Also, Living for the fact that Dottie is now, like, manager of the bar with all of her years of qualifications. <laughs> Again? Yes, because she was like, oh, so that means I can hire anyone I like? Yeah. I'm um, sorry, when did you become manager? Have you interviewed her? Because I remember I just turned up as a drug dealer. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, what a business. The progression, the progression of Ruby's businesses. You go in as a drug dealer, become manager of the bar by, you know, a few months later. Work on a fruit um, and veg stall, become bouncer. Oh, yeah. Daddy, easy to get jobs with Ruby. No wonder I'm flipping, she's losing <laughs> money. She runs a business like a flipping daycare centre. Well, look at Vinny. Just lets himself in, starts playing <laughs> some music, gets hired. <laughs> Love that. They're selling booze whilst also selling coffee at 10 o'clock in the morning. They've had an insurance scam. They've had Bobby take drugs and collapse on their floor. That should have been our warning signs that it Ruby was going down a dark road. Because me and you both said her reaction was blooming weird. It was. We it was like, like, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Okay, well, just leave. Don't tell anyone. She said, don't get an ambulance. Mm. Yeah, that should have been our warning signs. She'd be like, mm, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> but Ruby's not playing games anymore. Ruby's gone down a dark path now. And she is out for blood. Well, do you not I know? Mean, do you not know who her dad is? I mean, yeah. Because if you if you ask around, you'll you'll find out. Um, he wasn't one of those to take liberties or anything. You couldn't cross him. I mean, that's a lovely way to to talk about a man who ordered a hit on De- Dennis for absolutely nothing other than defending his pregnant wife. Uh, yeah, lovely, lo- lovely way. To, I mean, he was a lovely man, really, Johnny, wasn't he, Emma? Um, lovely man. Threw a pregnant Sharon up against a wall, threatening her. Mm-hmm. Um, Threw you know, Andy Hunter off a bridge to his death. Yeah. Um, jammed Peggy's hand in a door. Yes. Threatened to chop her fingers off. Mm-hmm. Threatened Pat a number of times. 
I just love Ruby's shift in love for her father because at one point she really didn't like him because of all of his horribleness. He literally told her he saved the wrong daughter. He's like, a villain. <laughs> like, why would you be like, oh, my dad, the sweetest things he says. Yeah, oh, my dad, gangster, <laughs> died of a heart attack. Oh, he was lovely, him. Lovely. Gangster died of a heart attack whilst ordering a hit out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just love it. I just love it. She should go with Peter. She's another one. I hate my dad. I love my dad. I hate him. I love him. Yes. Yeah. Ruby's consistency is all over the place. Do you remember when she was the one who actually made Johnny turn himself in? I do. Yeah, I don't forget that either. Yeah. Don't know where that Ruby's got, but she's not, not running that pub. That's clearly our twin sister who's took over. <laughs> Maybe this is Scarlet after all. <gasps> That's why she wasn't that offended by what what Stacey said. Imagine. <laughs> Actually, that She's would like, be so good. <laughs> did you matter? I did get saved in the fire. <laughs> so she goes, doesn't she? Using her dad's name for clout, she goes to Seisuke, the resident gangster. <laughs> Move over, Ellie. A new gangster's <laughs> in town. <Yeah. laughs> and she's here to stay. I mean, it was like something off of the, like, Godfather, wasn't it? She was like, I heard you've got a problem with the Slaters. That turns out so do I. Do you not find it weird that the other week they were, like, not friends and Suki was going to turn her in for the insurance scam if, like, she said anything and they hated each other? It's interesting, isn't it, how that's forgotten now. (laughs) They've got a mutual hatred. It's brought them together. Yes, mutual hatred. Nothing brings people together like hatred. Nothing, Nothing like wanting to throw a family out on the on the square uh, so they have no home, just so you can live your best life. Also, did you hear what Suki wants to do with the house? She wants to turn it over an HMO. I know. She wants to, to flip and become one of them slum landlords off of Nightmare Tenants and Slum Landlords. I don't would think see, so. Could you imagine? Would you see Paul Slampina going up to the, the dog one? This, this is a notice of your... <laughs> Hello? This is a notice. Just post a notice through... This is a notice for eviction. Notice for eviction by Suki. By Suki Panazar. Like, I'm expecting him to turn up next week because that is proper slum landlord business. Also, she's brought so many landlord rules that I can't even count now. She entered the home without permission. Yes, she does does it a lot. Yeah. She upped their um, rent without even so much as an hour's notice. I was going to say, there's no notice. She was like, right, I need it. Yeah, and she's like, well, it's all above board. Well, I think you'll find it's not. Not unless you live in fairyland. We won't stand for it, me and Emma. No. We will be down there every day after lockdown. To <laughs> protest. To protest for the Slaters. Because, unfortunately, Suki and Ruby, well, they formed some sort of evil alliance. It's like, you know, those films, like horror films and stuff, where, like, it was like, Alien versus Predator, Freddy versus Jason. It's like them, isn't it? It's like a mashup where they like join forces and terrorize people. Like it's bad enough having one of them lunatics on the loose, but having to deal with two of them. Oh. And then even Martin gets a bit suspicious because like Suki's rented out like the whole place just mm. to play a bit of poker, and Ruby's very being very precise as to where she's putting things, and like. He still, although he questions it, he doesn't really say anything. And she's like, well, 
you know, it's, it's not up to me. If he wants to do it, let him do it because Kush walks into play. And I'm like, he's got gambling addiction. And you're like saying, well, tough. Aren't you lovely? It's like, it, it's like worse. It's like she is like doing a Kathy where she's supplying the addict yeah. with the thing that they're addicted to. Isn't it really it's awful? Because like, they both know about, as Kush said to her, whatever problem you've got with Stacey and Katna mm. and, you, and your little power trip, you can leave me out of it. I was like, yes, Kush. Um, yes. Yeah, like why is she using his gambling addiction to... I don't know why they think they should be doing this. It's someone's addiction they're playing with, and that's disgusting. Just because they have a bit of a problem with like Stacy and Cat and Jean. Yeah, it's crazy. It's sinister, isn't it? Because it's like gone beyond just like mean girl activity of like name calling and and like you know fighting and stuff. She's now like putting every single person's life at risk. She's going to make them all homeless deliberately. Um, she's also going to like you know, allow this corrupt, horrible woman to, like, exploit innocent people who are going to be going to live in that HMO that she builds. Like, it's crazy. What's happened to Ruby? Why has she become so vile? She's wanting this whole family to have nowhere to go. And this is her husband's... She's playing on her husband's best friend's addiction. She's going to make all of her, all of his kids homeless. And I don't see them even offering them a home... <laughs> by no, the way, nah, which is bizarre. I'm sure Martin still has loyalties towards the Slaters as well. Is. Come on. And also, did you see, because obviously Stacey and Jean run in to try and stop it all happening when they find out Kush is there. And um, did you see Martin getting very, very jealous when Stacey was talking to Karat and Ruby yes. clocked it and that was making her more angry? And I love that Karat did something for Stacey. I know. Has. I love that. that I was, was so everything. glad when he did do that, when he was like, because he originally wanted the poker match with Kush because Kush ran into the thick and was like, I've won £10,000, yay. And they were like, oh, well, come join us. We do poker. Then yeah. then he realised why Suki was doing it. And he and he was like, ah, right. And then Stacey came and spoke and he was like, all right. I know, it. I love it. But I and love how in a relationship and she can get to do whatever she wants. <laughs> I love how Vinny just left because Martin came to play along because he was like, "No, I'm not having Kush do this on his own." And he was just like, "Hmm, what do I do again? Where does this go? If I got a good hand?" And Vinny was like, "I'm not playing anymore." <laughs> <laughs> that was the Martin I miss, and that's the Martin I love. <laughs> the, the one thing that I love about Martin sitting down was the fact that, like. If he had lost money, <laughs> Ruby would have lost money. <laughs> he would have lost Ruby's money. Imagine that. Like I said, like, it's so evil what's happening because not only is Ruby okay with all of those people being homeless, she's all right for Suki to exploit a bunch of other vulnerable people that she will put in that HMO, which is not okay to be living in. Like, she will exploit those people. And Ruby's like, we all look out for each other around here. <laughs> Whatever. You just saw a family homeless and now you're going to see a bunch of people being exploited? I love how I love she's that. went from that. She's went from wanting to um, everyone looking out for each other and yeah, wanting to like help seat. everyone and always being there. And now she's like, I hate you all. I curse you. That's very much she's become. She's become Aunt Babe. Bitter, <laughs> spiteful. Like, she has literally become Aunt Babe. Also, the one plus to all of this, the one redeeming factor 
is that this has now made it irredeemable for her. Yeah. She is now morally completely gone off the rails. I mean, and it's the so, end of Martin and Ruby and... It's the end. Yeah, that, yeah. It's great yeah. news Christmas for us. Christmas comes, Martin will find out what Ruby's been doing. He better. Martin will pick up with her. Because, I mean, when you think of all the things, it, like, how has he not even clicked? So, like, we've got the rat, the attack, the the cheating, because she was zooming in on the cards. So that's the only reason Suki won. So it was all cheating. I do love, like, Ruby's moral high ground here, like... Oh, so I get paid back by the guy um, who's clearly got a problem. But instead of being grateful of that, uh-huh. I'm going to make him everything. That was the thing. He actually gave her the money back. And that's when she was still like, well, tough he wants to play, he can play. I don't care. It's his addiction. And I'm it's like, curious. you're disgusting. Sadly, in the end, Ruby wins, doesn't she? To some degree. In the end, though, Ruby is not going to be the real winner in all of this. She might win now. She might, you know, triumph over Stacey for now. But when Martin sees what she is and breaks up with her, and breaks up with her because of all the things she has done to herself, it's going to be so good, isn't it? And when he gets back Stacey with Stacey. Will... <laughs> exactly. So Honey's Week starts off promising, but sadly, as we'll see, it ends rather abruptly and in a very different place. So Honey has been on a date with um, some guy called Paul that she met when she was uh, delivering some food parcels and he had answered the door. Um, was it on behalf of his grandma? Yes. And um, they've, so they've been on the date and they're going to have a second one the next day, like straight after the previous one. So that day she's also going to be going on one, um, which Lola is very excited about. And, well, Jay, he's a bit more sceptical. Yeah, I'm with Jay. Like, I mean, I wish. But like, <laughs> you wish. I'm also with Jay in this situation. Because to me, it, and there's nothing wrong with people who go on regular dates if you actually, you know, feel you have a spark with someone. There's nothing wrong with that. But it was just very odd that he was suddenly, suddenly like, next day, let's meet up again. Let's meet up again. Like today. Not let's meet up again this weekend. Let's meet up again maybe next week. It was the day after, the, the actual day after. Lola's like, Go on, get yourself out there. Because Lola is just thinking, oh, it's a party, it's a party. And to be fair, it's actually quite refreshing that we have that perspective in this because what does happen, it's a very important message to be sent out, isn't it? To, it's still about look after yourself, don't make um, you know, certain decisions like leaving your drinks and mm. stuff unattended. All of those things. Stay true to your instincts. A lot of the time, fear instincts say that, like, it's bad. Probably don't go there. And that was, honey, Lola was that voice in all of us. The voice that tells us not to listen to our instincts, not to worry too much. Yeah, and you're it, always going to get those two sides. You're always going to get the J side and you're always going to get the Lola side. So it was <laughs> it was realistic. Yeah. yeah and it's absolutely. it's no one's fault in that situation where all, we all work differently 
we're all gonna have different thoughts and like oh yeah go get yourself out there girl well yeah oh no be careful I don't know it seems a bit weird like that's just what humans are like and so she does she goes on a second date and it's it's going well uh they're having a good time and then honey pops off to the ladies and well Paul gets out a a bag and spikes a drink it's the horror story that we've all heard Mm. it's the horror story that for many people they've actually went through as well and it's it's horrific it is horrific the idea that you put your trust in someone Mm. and they do this to you but I always think we have to we have to see these scenes to truly to truly understand the dangers. Honey was quite aware as well that she's never got like this before and mm. she knew how much she'd had to drink and that something just wasn't right. So yeah. she calls Jay and Lola's like, oh, maybe it was by accident. She's, she might be, she's having a good time. And Jay's like, nah, I'm going to have to go and get her. It, it's not, it just doesn't seem right. And yes. so Jay runs over and when he runs over, Paul is filming Honey and he's also... What Jay says, he doesn't know if he was undoing his belt or if he was belting back up. I think it's safe to say that Jay did just start him. Yeah, because obviously we saw more than Jay. So we know that he was just undoing it. But in Jay's eyes and in Honey's eyes, well, when Honey wakes up in hospital, yeah. she doesn't know what's happened. She's not aware exactly. at all because she's passed out. She's on the floor and Jay's just ran there. So he doesn't know in that instance because no one saw Exactly. And to be fair, like, I actually think Jay needs a, a good pat on the back. Like, if it wasn't for him listening to his instincts in that moment, saying, no, there's just something off about this, God only knows what would have happened to Honey. I mean, we don't know who this Paul is. He could be an absolute, like, he, he could be the worst flipping person in the world, and evidently he was. Mm-hmm. And so, like, thankfully, Jay got there in time. And stopped whatever was about to happen from happening. It doesn't change the fact, though, that for Honey, waking up in the hospital, she's going to feel betrayed. She's going to feel vulnerable. um, And she's going to feel, like, in danger. She's still going to have that sense, isn't she, that she's, she's been violated, even though nothing did physically happen. It almost did. She almost ended up in that situation. And like, she's worried she's going to have to justify herself to people. Mm -hmm. And uh, she felt like she even has to justify herself to Jay because he doesn't understand. But I really liked what he said here. He was like, well, no, I know you. I know your face. I know when you're struggling. I know when you're nervous. I know when you're upset because he's seen enough of it during lockdown. Mm -hmm. And in that moment where he, he said what at the time didn't sound great, where he was like, you don't have to tell the police. He said it was because he wanted it to be her call, call and he yeah. wanted her to be in control, which she she took the control and she said, yes, she was definitely going to do it, which was the right thing. Yeah. Um, but he said Paul took the control away from her and he wanted to give that control back to Honey where she was in control of the situation. It was a really beautifully worded moment. It's time for this week's Slapping Dan. And well, we've got three people we're going to slap down this week. We've got Honey's date Paul, because, I mean, that's pretty obvious why. 
and Suki and Ruby for playing on a gambling addiction and making a whole family homeless. Yeah. I think they're like the evil trinity. Now it's time for this week's Hero of the Week and this week it goes to... Jay! He's always your hero, isn't he? He's always my hero, Emma. He can be your hero. Oh, baby! (laughs) (laughs) I need a hero! (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for this week's ratings. And as Jay is our hero of the week, we're going to be rating out of Jay's. And we're going to give this week four Jay's. I mean, it has to be four Jays this week. For me, it had, like, a lot of good stuff going on, didn't Emma? Had a lot of great story content. And it was just great to see, like, Kush and stuff getting some limelight. And Jay? Yeah, it was nice to see, like, Honey, Jay, Kush all get some storylines. And I have to say, the episode on Friday where Kush obviously lost the whole, uh, lost the house, like, (laughs) I was absolutely gripped on that episode. I was like, "So was I." Oh my god, what's going to happen next? Because you didn't know with the co- it was so tense. And then when Ruby zoomed in on the CCTV, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it! I can't believe she's done that." But like, isn't that how you should feel when you're watching the soap? And then when he came in, and he lost the house, and like Stacy ran up the stairs, and he was like, "I've lost it." I was like, "Oh my god!" And that's how you should feel when you watch yeah. EastEnders. And so it was, yeah, it was everything. It's a really good week. Welcome back to E20 in reverse. So we're going to be playing that game again where um, I re- I've i said something, I've reversed it and then Connor's going to listen to it and he's going to say the reversed version and then I'm going to forward that or reverse it, I guess. And <laughs> it hopefully sounds like what I said properly so you're going to hear what I said and then if this makes any sense it's so hard to explain (laughs) but if you want any more examples the Chris Miles show play it all the time and that's where we got this idea from so listen to that or listen to their podcast uh, if you're not up early in the mornings (laughs) and uh, yeah so we'll see if Connor can say because last time well when I made it when I reversed his reversed version it still sounded like I hadn't done anything (laughs) The aim was that I sort of do the same noise and when Emma reversed it, it should have sounded like what she had said the first time. <laughs> Except it didn't. <laughs> it just sounded like, yeah, to nap. <laughs> so, this is what I have said in reverse this week. <laughs> I just saw the way it goes Hobbs <laughs> So now it's time for Connor to try and recreate this and we'll see how it goes Hobbs 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 Yorman I just know that that's not going to sound right Is that your final answer? Hobbs, Hibinep, Hormum. I'm going to go with that, Emma. That's going to be my final answer. Hobbs, Hibinep, Hormum. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know what? I'm thinking I have done well, you know. Do you? Yeah, because that does actually sound like what it sounded like when I reversed it. <laughs> Hobbs, Heminem, Holmum. <laughs> sounds like some sort of like witchcraft incantation, doesn't it? <laughs> now let's see what I said. Mum always said I could be a star. And now I'm going to play what Connor said. Oh my god, that's so weird it works! You've got star and you've kind of got mother. Yeah. Much better than last time. Star. Not bad. Not bad. I adore this game. Welcome back, listeners, to Mostly Ghostly. I'm paranormal investigator and professional spook scientist, Sharon Fielding. And carrying on from last time, we will be holding a virtual seance with some of the residents of Albert Square, the living and the dead. Oh, I think it's them right now. Sharon! Sharon, are you there, Sharon? I've been trying to call you since last week. I've been trying to call you since last week with that I had a horrible feeling, Sharon. Are you there, Sharon? I'm here, I'm here, Danny. Yes, I'm here. Who else is joining us tonight? I'm alright, I'm alright. We'll forget about it for now. Well, well we've got Haley Slater. Haley Slater. And fan fiction Kathy. But I've managed to get, and I, I you wouldn't have expected this one, Sharon. Wouldn't have expected this one. I managed to get the brother of the rat, Dotty killed and shoved through the Slater's letterbox. Can, can everyone hear me? Can everyone hear me? Hello, everyone. You're right. Eek. Hello. What can you hear you, Denny? And can I say, I'm thrilled to be invited onto the show. The last seance I went to was back in 1882. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I don't get out much nowadays since, you know, I'm mother to little Cheryl. Do you mean cherry? Because according to what we've got here, it's it's cherry. Who? Okay. Right. Um, before we start, I think it's important for me to explain how this works. We will be charging the Vic with our spiritual energies and drawing in all the resident ghosts from the square. Some who come through might be family. Some might be... Well, not. But don't worry. My spirit guide and I... We'll protect you. Spirit what? I like spirits. Vodka, gin, whiskey. I name my third kid, Jack Daniels. No, not that kind of spirit, Haley. I should have explained. Denny communicates with ghosts. Through these of a spirit guide. Sometimes this spirit guide is the haunted remains of Ruby Allen's potential that died the day she shacked up with Martin Fowler, a prostitute from the 1300s who caught the plague and, well, she gave it to half of Suffolk. Fancy a ride, Governor. How about a quick tumble in the hay? I'll give it to you half price on account of one of my arms being a crotic. So, Denny, which spirit guide is with you now? Well, Sharon, it's a young girl by the name of Abigail Brannan. Yes, she said she spends a lot of time at the Vic now that she's a spirit. 
Abby, the mother of my great-granddaughter, baby Abby? Uh, no, Cathy, she's saying no. She's saying, no, it's not your granddaughter because Stephen's not your grandson. Stephen's not your grandson. Did anyone else hear that? Hear what? If I put a show up to my ear, sometimes I hear a man's voice. Oh, never mind. It must be my imagination. I let myself get so frightened last week and for nothing. It's silly, really. Anyway, are you getting anything, Denny? Yes. 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 Are you all right there, Denny? Yes, sorry. Yes, sorry. Yes. Yes. There's a number of spirits coming through. One in particular would like to speak to the brother of Dottie's dead rat. Eek! All I'm getting is a really strong smell of cheese or something else. Is that? It's not the stench of Frank. I know the stench of, the stink of Frank. I know that. This is... This is this... Is this Brambock? Yes, Brambock. Right, right. She's saying, she's saying, she's saying she's your distant cousin from Ireland. And you and her used to cause havoc before she drowned. Is that right? Is that right? Eek, eek. Oh, I'm getting in my ear now. Yes, there is a rodent deaf in Redwater when a small furry friend called Mouse, perished in the Irish Sea. Yes, Mouse! Mouse! She's Mouse, and she wants me to tell you that she's at peace. She's at peace where she is, and that and that she's got her cheese. She's got her cheese. Oh, oh, he's left. I guess he couldn't handle this message from the other side. Some people can't, you know. No, no. Oh, Sharon! Another spirit has come through. This time, this time it's for Cathy. Yes, yes, Cathy. It's not Edward, is it? I told him in 1358 that I wasn't suited for royalty. I don't think he appreciated the fact that I ended things by saying, it was not thou, but I. No, no, it's not King Edward. It's a lady, a very timid lady. She's very soft-spoken, very meek even. There's, oh, there's something. Oh, she comes across as meek, Sharon. She comes across as meek. But Patches and Abby, they're telling me there's something more. Abby in particular is saying she's a witch. She's a witch. A witch? She's got a a message for her. This lady's got a message for her. How do I say that, Patches? How do I say that? A Ben Mitchell. Ben Mitchell, yes. Yes, Ben Mitchell. And, and, and what's her name? What's her name, Patches? Stella. Stella is her name. Yes. Oh, Kathy, she says, Ben will always be her boy. And she wants you to tell him she'll be waiting for him. You mean that witch is here right now? Kathy? It's important to remember not to provoke the spirits. Our producers are telling me that a woman called Stella used to live in the Vic and she was married to Phil Mitchell before she killed herself. If she weren't dead already, I'd kill her myself. It's all right, everyone. 
It's all right. It's just a car outside. The alarm's always going off, you know. It's quite oh, annoying. I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens, Sharon. Oh, I hate so when that awful. happens. Oh, I know. I hear it all the time. Yeah, me too. All I hear is alarms all the time. Wait. Wait. Someone is approaching Stella now. Someone's approaching. Is that? Is that Sylvie? Yes. Sylvie Carter. And she's throwing, she's throwing Stella out the next saying, not your boy, Kathy's boy. And throwing her out, Sharon, just run out. Go off this. Oh, Daddy. Daddy, are you office. okay? Oh, oh my sorry. gosh. It was, for a second, Stella just tried to come back in, but through me. Through me, Sharon. Same, through me. You fell off your chair. Are you all right? I'm all right. I'm all right, Sharon. Sometimes these spirits, they can't handle it when they can't get the time. You know, they're very fame-hungry, these spirits. Very fame-hungry. Well, perhaps we should move on to someone else. How about Haley? Is there any spirits here who want to talk to her? Yes. 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 We've got a spirit coming through here. He's a large man. But he's got very kind eyes. Very, he's, an, he's an older gentleman. An older gentleman here. And he's driving towards us in a black cab. He's going, this used to be mine. This used to be mine. It was going to be cats, but then they got they got too lazy and decided that that storyline wasn't going to go ahead. So they got rid of the car. Yeah, yes, that's what he's saying. Got rid of the car. Sorry, they got rid of the car. He's saying, saying he's got something to say to Haley. He says, look after Cherry, Haley. Look after Cherry. Does this ring any bells, Haley? Who? Your daughter, Cherry. Oh, right, yeah. That reminds me. I better go pick her up from school. Well, wait, no, no. Uh, Hayley, it's it's 10pm. Oh, she's gone. Oh, Cathy's just left as well, Sharon. Well, I guess it's just you and me. We're the ruler Lenska and the George Galloway of ghost hunting. What's happening, Denny? Oh, she's come back, Sharon. We've met this spirit before. She's cold, cold as stone. She's soaking wet right through. What happened to her, Patches? Well, Abby's left. Abby's frightened of this woman. <gasps> she said, oh, she's scary her, Sharon. Is she here? Is she in, in, in the Vic? She's here with you <gasps> right now. Okay. Right now. Did, did she drown, Patches? Yes, yes. She drowned upstairs, yes. Her husband was a bad man, a nasty man. One day he went too far. But, but she got him in the end. She, she killed him, Sharon. <gasps> she killed him after passing over. Do you think, do you think she's going to do anything bad tonight? Ah! Sharon, I can't see you. All the lights have gone out. Denny, there's someone here. I can see her. Sharon, don't. Don't approach her. She's old, Easton. Very old. Older than Kathy. She's been there from the beginning. This was her pub. She wants to stay with me? Patches, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. Get the others to help. I'm going to try channeling the spirits, Sharon. I'm going to try channeling the spirits of the thick. Maybe they can help. You bitch! You can! Not your pup, 
Sirens, pop! You're not going to properly ruin the whole of our life! You're a fool for oh, Easy, boy. Get out of my pub! What happened there, Denny? It seems the Lady of the Vic wanted to possess you, as she had possessed this pub. But the other spirits saw her off. Sylvie, Stan, Roy, Pat, and most importantly, one lady. She came into you there, Sharon. She saved you. Who was it, Denny? Who saved me? I want to thank them. An elderly lady. She goes by many names now, but we all knew her as Peggy Mitchell. <gasps> yes, Peggy Mitchell. She's old East End, real East End proper. Thank you so much, Peggy. You've just saved my life. This is where we decided to end our seance. We've experienced multiple ghostly encounters over the course of our socially distanced lockdown ghost hunt. But that final night is truly one I won't forget. I don't know if the Lady of the Vic is gone for good. But until next time, sleep tight, gorgeous. This week's episode is sponsored by Rent-A-Gangster. Do you want to become a big fish in a small pond? Maybe you just want a short time on the square, terrorising people and selling grandsons. Well, come to Rent-A-Gangster, where you can either be rented or rent one yourself. I curse you. Curse the lot of you.